Hello, here with the Self-Improvement Book Club, and I am joined with Sharon Fisher, who is going to review the book, Believe It. Hi, Sharon. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. How are you? Doing well. Yeah, the Thanksgiving time is over, so getting back in the swing of work. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. It was um, definitely nice to have a few days off, and um, now it's just sort of like vamping up for the Hanukkah Christmas uh, <laughs> extravaganza. <laughs> yes, so much, so much. Okay, well, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am a psychiatric nurse practitioner and founder of Nurtured Well, which is a boutique women's mental health practice here in Towson, Maryland. And we serve all of Maryland online or in person. Um, I am also an avid reader and an avid gardener. And if I can be outside, that is where I will be, preferably reading in my garden. So, <laughs> oh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> Yes. I, I went through the gardening thing for a couple of years and I, I have fallen off of it, but maybe this summer I'll get back into it. What do you like to garden? I grow, I mean, I grow a lot of our own vegetables and herbs. Um, I do some flowers, but they're more to do like pest control, like planting marigolds around the vegetable garden. Um, I, I did do a little um, garden of asters and, and I remember the other flower for my kids this summer, they have like their own little plot and I just threw a bunch of seeds in there and it's just been fun. Um, but I just, I love watching things grow. I love that whole, you know, life cycle. Um, to me, that's fascinating to be able to see an entire life cycle in one summer, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, love it. Great. So you said you're an avid reader. What types of books do you like to read? Yeah. So when I heard about your podcast, I was like, this is, this is so up my alley because I devour self-help books. Um, and there's sort of three main genres of self-help books, right? There's sort of like this general, like actualizing your potential. There's ones that have to do very specific with women's, um, reproductive health and fertility. Um, and then there's the business, I, since I own my own business, I've really delved deeply into how to run a business, how to be a good boss, how to be a good leader, how to, you know, get clients. So all that whole genre itself. Um, so that's like at least like 60, 70% of my reading. And then I love historical fiction. Mm. Um, I love, and, um, I don't even know if I had a favorite author, it'd be Laura Ingalls Wilder. Um, but I don't even know that I have one favorite author, but I just love being able to experience a different time in, in history, but through, um, the entertainment, having that entertainment factor of fiction, right? Like yeah, a really good having, plot you can get into. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the action of it. Yes. Um, I also love historical fiction, so good choice, good choice with the author. So what, tell me about the book that you're going to review today. I, it was hard to pick and I decided to go with Believe It by Jamie Kern Lima. Um, and I always get her name right, wrong. It might be Jamie Lima Kearns now that I think about it, but anyway, the book is Believe It. Um, and I actually, so I have, so what, who she is, is she founded the makeup line It or IT. I don't even know how you say it exactly. And I first heard about her from one of these business podcasts that I was listening to. Um, 
And I was her enthusiasm and her it was so infectious and just her personality was just somebody I felt I could relate to so well. Like it felt like a friend was talking. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to get her book easy enough. And I knew nothing about her. I wear extremely little makeup. I didn't wear makeup until I hit like my forties. And now it's like, okay, I look like death walking if I don't, but it's that, that's sort of where I'm at. I'm not, I was never like a makeup girl. Right. So this was like very foreign to me. Um, and so she, um, I actually, I got off of our original question. <laughs> what was it just about why I chose this book? I think because it covered so many different things. It covered her determination to make this company work and it was not easy. Um, and her perseverance was, it, it's just inspiring. But I also think it's very validating that any of us who endeavor to create something, you're gonna fail a lot. You're gonna hit a lot of no's. Um, and she just kept going. But then there's this autobiographical, autobiography, biographical, however you would say that word, part to it that was just so touching and beautiful and vulnerable and raw. So she, I don't want to give away a ton of it, um, but she goes through her personal story about growing up. She's generation X. I totally related to that as I am too. She has divorced parents. I related that as well. And there's just something sort of, I think, different about those of us that were sort of in that age group that were children, sort of the first children of mass um, divorce in this country and the first latchkey kids and the first kind of how we, our mindset, um, I could just so relate to. And I think a lot of other people don't relate to that. Um, and so I just thought her ability to be that vulnerable and share that was, it was also inspiring um, and touching. And um, I think the book, although it was fascinating to sort of learn about the process of developing a line of makeup, really you could care less about that and still get a lot out of the book because that was just the the subject. It had nothing or you know nothing to do with what was actually happening, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and I love how you said like if you're running your own business or you're doing anything like like that where you're in charge, you're going to fail a lot. You're going to get a lot of no's. Um, I don't know if she talks about this, but I also feel like you make a lot of mistakes. Yes. And I'm trying, I read the book a while ago. So, and I was, my goal was to reread it before the recording of this and that, that didn't happen, but, um, <laughs> um, but I was trying, yeah. I mean, I think at one point I remember they're at a point of manufacturing this stuff. And I think she like chose a wrong man. Like she just didn't dig deep enough when choosing a manufacturer and they like really messed up the product because something that's really she's very specific about is just very high level natural ingredients. Um, and that they were putting in, you know, a bunch of just things that weren't, she was not acceptable with and just not digging deep enough about it. Um, and even like she changes her career tra trajectory quite a bit too, because she starts out, as a newscaster and how this came to be was that she had horrible skin. She has rosacea and there wasn't, there just wasn't a line of makeup that would work for her. And she would have the producer like buzzing in her ear, you know, Hey, we can see some red splotches on your face. Like they'd be in the middle of recording a story. And she'd be like, yeah, I know there's nothing I can do about it. And they also, um, 
I don't know if people realize this, but like local TV anchors make very little money. Um, it's, it's, it's not a, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty low income, low salary, excuse me, at least definitely for when they're starting out. I mean, maybe the people who've been there for 20 years make more, but it's a pretty low salary and they're responsible for all their own hair, makeup and wardrobe. And, you know, it's quite expensive, right? If you think about like, you know, most of us can go to a thrift store if we're stuck and like buy something, but they're on camera. They have to look really good all the time. And, um, so even the, there was, there really wasn't makeup for her type of skin. There wasn't makeup that was inclusive of all different skin types, but even the higher end stuff that might've worked was really out of reach for her at that time. And so that's, that she got really determined to create something, but then she also switched gears completely. Um, and left the broadcasting business to go into this full time. Um, and then she ultimately sells the company and is home with her kids full time. And I think all these transitions and just being able to go with it versus fighting it is really such a, an extraordinary example. Right. Yes. Being able to maybe not have that total control and go with the waves as they come. Sounds like part of the book, right? Yes. Yeah you know, I, I think us accepting what's happened, like mistakes, like big mistakes, it sounds like where her ingredients weren't quite what she wanted. Um, like, how do we go with that if we make those big mistakes in business or in our personal lives? Um, you know, it sounds like she was able to come back and be determined and keep going. Yes. Yes. And she, I mean, she talks about, right, the, the fear of failure and feeling like a failure, but there's always this part of her that knows that you do just keep moving on. You do just keep going with the flow. You just, you do just keep asking for what you need and putting it out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of, I don't know if this is the exact quote, but you only fail when you stop trying. Right. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't read this book, but I, I'm just going from what you're saying. Um, so I guess if a reader was to enjoy this book, which sounds lovely, what would you think they would take away mainly from it? Is it that perseverance or something more? I think definitely the perseverance but also understanding the that we all have struggles. I think people get so caught up in their own struggles that they forget that it is a it is the universal experience. We we are all going to suffer. Y yes, yes. And to realize that, that human suffering is, is something that we all can connect on. It actually makes you feel less alone, yes. which is right. <laughs> which is why being vulnerable and, you know, her maybe saying her struggles is, is what makes the book great. I think so. Yes. Okay. Um, did you apply anything you learned from the book in your own life? Can you remember kind of taking something away and applying it in your own life? Yeah. So this, <laughs> this sounds a bit paradoxical. So 
one thing it made really clear to me because she has this, I mean, she's at this level that's so beyond anything I'll ever be at just both financially, her recognition in the, in the world, her, the opportunities that she has, she actually, um, she's been like with, like done one of the talks with Tim Robbins. Like she kind of hangs out with that level of people. She's talked to Oprah in person before, like she has her number on her cell phone, you know, that kind of thing. And, and not that I ever had some sort of delusion that I was going to be that, but when I saw the level of sacrifice to get to that, it made me not, it made me feel more resolute in the choices that I have made in my life. Like, no, I will never have that level of financial or professional success. And that's okay. I also wasn't working 18 hours a day for 20 years straight, living almost in poverty for a lot of it, which is what she did. Her and her husband ultimately were at a point where they were eating hot dogs for dinner and that was that, and they were working out of their one bedroom apartment and they literally put everything into it. Um, and that's great. Like I admire that. That's wonderful. I made different choices to have a much more comfortable lifestyle through my thirties and forties. Um, but, but right. But then the cost is right. I don't don't have a Oprah's uh, cell phone number. Right. (laughs) And that's okay. You know, that's, that's okay. That's okay. So it's sort of, um, sort of a paradox, like, yeah, it's cool that I'm not that, you know, but, um, but I think, right. And I think just normalizing people are going to shut doors in your face and you just keep going. You don't try to go back to that door. You go to a different door, um, which is a lot of what she did. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a fabulous book and, um, a lot of, it sounds like some of our character comes out and that that's, you know, part of the learning from it. What is next on your reading list? Do you have anything in particular you're looking forward to reading? I'm currently about a third of the way through braiding sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimner. And I don't know if you're familiar with her, that book, but Oh, it's so wonderful. And I, I, I feel like it would be still in the self-help genre. I, I don't think it would be, uh, I don't think, you know, the, the bookstore would put it, put it in that category, but, but it's much about, she is a native American botanist. Um, and she, she writes, the book is like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's one part memoir one part explaining ecology from like a PhD botanist perspective, one part describing her parenting experiences and mainly about helping people understand why the Western relationship with land is so damaging and why we really need to embrace the Native American relationship with land, which really is truly a relationship, a reciprocity, Um, and one quote I heard her speak once and one quote I really just loved was, you know, we talk about fixing environmental challenges by changing out light bulbs. Mm. Although that might do some good, that's not what it's about. We've got to change how we think about the earth and how we relate to it. Um, and that's part of why I think I love gardening so much because it's, 
so much a relationship, you have to put a lot into it as the human person, right? But then there's all this more than human world that is involved as well too, because if you don't have the right bugs, the right worms, um, you know, nothing's really going to grow well. And then you need, you know, you're, you're, it's just this huge interconnected web that we're a part of. And when you're actually have your hands in the dirt and are gardening and growing food and, you know, you, you feel that you just feel that viscerally. Um, so this book is, 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 is sort of, I would say, um, musings on mother earth, I guess, (laughs) written by a mother and a botanist. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds fascinating. Yeah. Um, I will definitely check it out. And thanks for sharing the book, Believe It, and being on today. And I love that we started with gardening and we ended (laughs) (laughs) tied it up very nicely. Um, So Sharon, thank you so much for being on here today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And is it okay if I I actually co-authored a self-help book? Can I plug that? Is that okay? Okay. (laughs) I can't believe I didn't say that in the intro. Um, So I co-authored a book called Beyond the Egg Timer, a companion guide for having babies in your mid thirties and older. Um, And it is a collection of 12 first person narratives from women who had babies over their first baby over the age of 35. And my um, co-author and I really dug deep into like why women were having children over 35. We both had our kids over 35. And um, at the time that we wrote it, um, there was just a lot of shaming, a lot of misinformation. I think things have gotten slightly better in all of that. but what we found, um, so we take those narratives and we couple them with coping advice. Um, and then also just very factual information about fertility. It's not a how to get pregnant book. Cause we read tons of those <laughs> in our own yes. journeys. Um, but it, it's, it's a validation of like, it, it's okay to have a kid over 35 and really the chances of anything bad happening are very slim it's, it's, and, um, and giving you, you know, validation that it's, it's not all career obsessed women, that there's lots of reasons why people delay childbearing. And, and it's a testimony to how seriously they take the commitment of parenthood. So, um, so anyway, it's available on Amazon. Your listeners want that. That is great. Yes. Very cool. My first author. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you ever want to come back and talk about that book in particular, I think that sounds fascinating. Oh, I would love to. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll have, we'll have Sharon back on then. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time then. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 